Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach getting coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to enter into a new dimension of worship as we come into a new month and we hit the final stretch of this uh, daunting election cycle that we have been in um, and just the the cycle that we're we're continuing to be on in general and, and, and as we enter into this new month new Hebraic month as well uh, last week and today we want to look into Hebrews 13 15 where we see just briefly um, a ple- God-pleasing sacrifice and fi- verse 15 says through him Jesus let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of l- lips that gives thanks to him and going on he says and do not neglect good and sharing do not neglect doing good and sharing for with such sacrifices God is pleased obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account um, in referencing to uh, Romans 13 let them do this with joy and not with grief it, for this would be unprofitable for you pray for us uh, here we see the author of Hebrews say, For we are sure that we have good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things, and I urge you all the more to do this so that I may restore, be restored to you the sooner. And, and as we enter into this new month, uh, Chuck points out, he says, let, us worship, let worship arise within you, enthrone the Lord as king, and ask him to forgive you for not worshiping on a daily basis, and ask him to help you come into a new dimension of worship and as we've seen over these last several weeks these last several days the comments being made by some if you watch our noon prayer yesterday even some from the pulpit of speaking down to other believers rather than coming together and dealing with the ought that we may have and resolving such issues so that we can be united in Christ together uh, to be the ambassadors uh, for his kingdom and be those who bring heaven down to earth in letting go of our own personal agendas in hearing what the Father's heart is and then walking forward in that. And so as we enter into this new month, let's enter into a new month of worship and a new dimension of worship, just going deeper with the Lord throughout what is happening here in this nation and around the world. And today we just want to give some updates. There's a lot going on, uh, some things to pray about and to be aware of internationally. Um, first off, there is the elections within Israel 
Uh, as of right now, they're seeing over a quarter of those who are registered to vote actually go out and vote, which they say in Israel is a uh, very strong determinant of that there might actually be results. Uh, again, this is the fifth election in the last four years. Um, quite interesting. I mean, think about that. In the United States, uh, if you had for your president five elections in four years, I mean, you would think the momentum would wane for the people, but it hasn't. It's actually picked up steam, and there are a host of outcomes. Uh, I saw one report uh, out of one Jewish newspaper saying that there could be eight different outcomes and the way they they do it is not by electing a person you like the party who is led by somebody and then they have to work together with other parties to be able to form 61 seats and the reason they're in this spot right now is because if you remember one uh, Knesset member stepped down and so they they don't they're unable the party is unable to form a government, so they have to now have a new election because they can't do anything. They basically entered a stalemate, which would be nice. Uh, here in the United States, if that were to occur, uh, if things weren't getting done, then okay, let's put a new government in office. <clears throat> Interesting, to say the least. Um, but is they'll still have voting. Um, I don't remember the time right now. But it says polling stations will be open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. So it'll be long um, into our day here uh, where we'll fi they'll finally know the results there in Israel of who will be the leader. And if they don't, then the current uh, prime minister will inter intervene over an interim government and stay in power. And as conflicts arise in the Middle East, if things continue to go on, such as the vote yesterday in the UN General Assembly, will certain things be made on an interim basis from a government that will actually have long-term ramifications? Yet to be seen. Okay. Other international news. We're seeing that Ukraine has been um, bombarded again with more... The reason this is important. Bombarded with more strikes from Russia is that as you have winter coming, you're going to have um, temperatures drop in the negatives, negative uh, 2, negative 10, and what they found out yesterday is being reported is that upwards of 80% of Kiev was without water and much of Ukraine was without electricity. Uh, these attacks are, are taking its toll on the in civilian infrastructure of Ukraine, which is very harmful. And the Lord is, has shown us to continue to just pray for people to have wisdom. Uh, in Kiev, the mayor is telling people to stock up on whatever they can, more so specifically water, in case there's no running water. Um, I mean, think about that for an entire winter of negative 2, negative 10 to 10 degrees um, and, and some in, in the northeast here in the United States might be st stuck in a somewhat similar position and so we just want to pray for those people who are still there fighting for their freedom and then also who are um, unable to leave who, who are going to be stuck there this winter with a possibility a high 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 possibility of no electricity and then um, water as well as our 
um, U.S. Ambassador Bridget Brink. Four, uh, Ukraine is in Kiev for some weird reason uh, while these bombings and these attacks are going on. Um, So our government is, is involved there, and whether we agree with that decision or not, is they are an extension of our nation, and then we just want to pray for our leaders and pray for those who are there on behalf as ambassadors for the United States, and, and hopefully able to see these act, these decisions and, and these things going on right now, um, and, and can inform the world of what's really going on versus what Russia um, and others would like to show as the opposite. Um, and, and just let the truth come forward here and let them make wise decisions here in the days ahead, um, especially as as winter approaches. And so quite, quite interesting. The, the full estimate of the entire nation is that 40% of the nation's electrical um, power system has been severely damaged um, and so they're, they're telling people not to use large appliances, um, washer, dryer, et cetera, stuff like that. So quite interesting things to, um, watch out for there. Next, domestically, um, this week, tomorrow, we'll see, um, the Fed meet and Powell give his, um, speech, uh, general, federal chairman Powell, Jerome Powell give his speech about what's to come. The interesting thing about this is there's a lot of predictions about this. You have uh, some at the Hill saying that, and some economists saying, well, he's going. they're going to increase it by maybe half um, a percentage point or 0.7% of a percentage point, and then he'll stop in December. Some saying he'll continue to go on. Some saying he'll, he'll continue to rise upwards of 6, 6%. And so... We, we see a lot going on. The reason this is important and something to pay attention to is like the diesel shortage, the higher interest rates will put people who use debt at a dis- higher disadvantage. Um, if you have an adjustable mortgage rate or adjustable any type of loan, this will affect that. And... This hurts those who are using debt to pay for things, um, but then also showing that the Fed doesn't necessarily have a plan that they're promoting, which is saying this is what we're going to do. They have continued to say that we're the goal is to have inflation go down to around 2%. If that's the case, if that's truly what they mean, then they're going to keep raising interest rates and not stop until they can get to that point. We saw out of Europe last week, uh, or, or the, over the weekend, the economic report that they're at um, above 10.5, I think 10.7 was their inflation rate. So if they're there, where are we really at? And they've been leading um, the leading economic indicators for the entire world because usually we're we're trailing them, we're behind them um, because for some reason as we raise our interest rates, our dollar has been strengthened. And so it's just a, a reminder, number one, that interest rates will most likely rise. But I think something to also remember is those of you who have been blessed to live longer um, than I, that we made it through the 70s, we made it through the, the 80s with higher interest rates. 
um, and and we'll be able to make it through it now. It's not the end of the world. It's just people are going to have to make wiser decisions uh, now and in the days ahead. And you'll see those who can really manage um, their pocketbooks be the ones who are put in a position to be able to take advantage of the coming economic environment. And so these are things that lie ahead, some things we need to be aware of. Um, and then we also see that, and, and this is something to follow, this is, this is quite interesting, is you're seeing this report by this organization called The Intercept called Truth Cops, talking about how there's been information coming out, how um, Department of Homeland Security and the FBI have had release of years of internal documents, emails, memos, etc. that have come out that show that they have worked together with big tech to censor and then to ultimately go after what is being called disinformation in their eyes. And people are getting really, really, really excited about this. But I put a caveat out there of, okay, if people, and there are people who have been quitting, and I get that, that's totally fine. I think that's a good thing uh, to kind of bring this stuff to the light. But the question is, is who's going to investigate this stuff? Are you going to have those who are over the FBI? Christopher Ray and, and Merrick Garland investigate themselves of a crime they know they committed, if supposedly, if this stuff is true, allegedly. And so this is one of those those stories of keeping your emotions in check because the reality is is you're going to have to have new leadership who has no ties whatsoever to anybody at, who's in leadership at the FBI, at Department of Homeland Security, to be able to go in and say, this is wrong, we're going to investigate this. And this might reveal... And I think what this is continuing to reveal is that how deep the swamp really is. So when you hear this story, okay, it's I think it it reveals a lot of things that people had concerns about before. But the reality is, is again, who's going to actually look at this with some other scenarios that have played out? We saw how those past scenarios played out where nothing was really looked into because why would you investigate yourself of some wrongdoing? And in this scenario is who within the federal government is going to have the ability? Is it going to be an outside counsel like a John Durham? I don't know. I, 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 I think anybody saying, we got them. This is it. We see how corrupt we see this. Keep your emotions in check because at the end of the day is you're, these are still number one allegations. These are still findings these are reports from journalists, but they're not going to court yet. Could they? Maybe. You'd have to have the head of the FBI and the head of Department of Home, the DOJ, really, to be willing to go after this. And when they think they're right, they think that they're allowed to do this because of the Patriot Act. 
something to just be mindful of emotionally, but then also to, you know, pray for continued exposure of this so that eventually if somebody were to get in power who had the backbone to not be afraid to go after this, that they would. Um, but until then, it's not something to put hope into because there needs to be some changes. And, and until those changes are happening, um, it's it's something just put on the shelf, wait for you know the Lord's timing on this because I think there there are bigger issues uh, at play here, especially for for us believers within the church that I think we need to deal with. And I think the the comments made by the pastor in Georgia yesterday reveal a, a higher um, level of spiritual warfare than I think we realize as the natural is revealing the spiritual. All right, next, one of the last few things I want to talk about is um, something quite interesting. Is this, has been, this case has been going on for quite some time, and it looks like um, it's involving the... The fact that the Supreme Court will most likely kill affirmative action, which is just a completely bogus um, operation by those within higher education to accept people based upon race and diversity quotas and stuff like that, rather than based on the standards of, of test entry. And so Harvard and North Carolina argued their case before the Supreme Court. And even, even CNN is saying that it looks like and they're blaming it on the quote-unquote conservatives of the court, uh, that they'll overturn quote-unquote precedents allowing race as a factor in admissions. It's funny how in, in scenarios where it's non-beneficial and it harms those uh, based upon sex, race, any other criteria, they deem it as a bad thing, that that's why someone has entered into a job or whatever the case may be. But now when it benefits them, aha, now it needs to continue to be, even though you have the 1965 Civil Rights Act, which really got rid of this. Uh, but it's it's okay that this happens at higher education levels. And and even Clarence Thomas was like, he, he, he asked this question. when he So when, the thing is, is when Clarence Thomas talks, it's huge because... He hardly ever talks, and he asks the question of, he says, I've heard the, the, the word diversity, and I don't have a clue what it means. And he, he asks specifically um, someone from the Un University of North Carolina, uh, North Carolina State Solicitor General Ryan Park, about this term. And he wanted to know how, given clear data, he said, I'd also like you to give us a clear idea exactly what the educational benefits of diversity at the university of North Carolina would be and the Google the guy goes on to give some platitude not really answering the question and he um, Clarence Thomas responds and blows him out of the water continuing to ask for facts of how does this actually benefit well they're saying well when you get a group of people who are diverse they tend to make better decisions which that's not always the case and, and um, I give the example from Thomas Sowell because history has shown this to be true is that he says the problem with diversity is that you take students at let's say the example he gives is Emory University if they would were, were go to Emory University in Atlanta they would be the top of their class but they go to Harvard and they're being in the bottom of the class because they can't keep up intellectually they're they have to read more they have to understand more it's just a faster process at place like a Harvard or even Stanford, Cal Berkeley, et cetera, stuff like that. So you take a kid who could be top of his class at a, at a smaller university, who could get a great job, 
Maybe they make as much. Maybe they don't. Who knows? Undetermined. But then you put them in a, in a situation like a Harvard, um, Columbia, Yale, et cetera, where they're going to fall behind because this, the rigor standards are, are just – they're not there intellectually. And they're not there based upon merit. And so you take a kid, and now he's at the bottom of the class. He takes on all this debt. Sometimes he fails out. He quits school, et cetera, whatever the case may be, all because you want to pat yourself on the back and saying that you want to have these diversity quotas where they could go be the top of their class, um, be a straight-A student, magna cum laude, summa cum laude, et cetera, all the above. Um, But because you have some idea and political agenda, you're going to harm a student for that reason. And... It's good that this is finally coming out um, and being dealt with. And the thing about this is the truth is being exposed once it's actually being brought up. Um, And so this is ultimately a good thing in the overall scheme of the problems within the higher education system. And then as we – one of the last things I want to talk about is as we lean towards the end of the midterm cycle, we see now that upwards of – 20 million votes have taken place uh, ahead of the midterms during the early voting cycles, which is quite interesting in certain states. Um, In Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, where things are happening because of these opening of the ballots earlier, voting booths earlier, you're seeing high numbers of people going forward. Um, and I think this is this is a new standard. And so people making these predictions about who's voting, who's not voting, I think it's yet to be determined, but it's quite interesting to see now with these early voting phases occurring um, where people are actually starting to vote and how they're starting to vote. It's interesting to see. Uh, you also could, if there is a surprise, people may or may not um, change their votes. That could be something... Uh, to occur. Uh, Something also to remember is a lot of these polls coming out right now, um, excuse me, uh, could be accurate, could be not so accurate. And so a lot of these situations that play out, remember heading into the end of the 2016 presidential election, it was Hillary 100%. And I think a lot of things have changed. Polls have gotten better since then. But what we're seeing is that even in the 2020 elections, is some things were wildly off even leading forward because um, the polls are not being done as fast. The, they've slowed down. Uh, the campaigns aren't taking as much. And there's a, a opening line of an article from Real Clear Politics that I think kind of lines it out and, and can hopefully give us a better perspective of all these polls is polls can't always take away the headline, detect late momentum, and ultimately a poll as a snapshot, not a prediction. And the maxim used to be a fairly standard caveat when media outlets publish poll data, and rarely you hear that. And I think that's something important to remember, is that these are snapshots of a small segment of a population. It could be a small segment of a high affluent population, of a low end population, you don't know because they don't tell you. You don't know who's asking the question, how they're asking the question. And so just take the polls this week with a somewhat of a grain of salt. Is <clears throat> when you saw yesterday we talked about some polls from decision desk and et cetera. 
what they those polls did is they run different scenarios basically a statistical analysis showing what is a likelihood of outcome and then they take the conglomerate uh, the cumulative outcomes and say well based upon all the stress tests we've run this is the percentage of this type of outcome of a republican and or democrat winning and that's why they're able to make predictions of well we believe this person's going to win we believe this person that's why they think you know so many republican seats are going to be won in the house and in the senate and or lost from the democrats or lost from republicans but that something could change there's still a lot of time and speaking of something changing in arizona uh, thank you miss karen for sending me this this morning is that uh, you have the libertarian candidate drop out of the case and he endorses blake masters after Mitch McConnell left him high and dry uh, with campaign funding, uh, even though Peter Thiel uh, jumped in as he left Ohio to fund Blake McMaster because of McConnell. And so these are the things that change. This is why early voting is kind of a questionable mark if somebody were to change their vote based upon this uh, or something else. Who knows? Um, but this is a good thing for McMaster or Masters, and then you also have, and I want to point this out because this shows where the Republican Party at, where the leadership is, and and this is a good story. Is the Heritage Foundation has a a pact to help fund candidates who need help putting out advertisements, getting their message out, and in New Hampshire. McConnell pulled out because Don Bolduc did not, and he opposed Mitch McConnell being leader of the Republican Party moving forward. So because he did that and he refused to back McConnell, McConnell pulled his funding out from underneath him the very last minute um, when before they were going after his opponent Hassan because of how horrendous um, her policies are for not only New Hampshire, but the entire country. And so because uh, Boldick wouldn't back McConnell, McConnell pulls it, but then Heritage Foundation pumps uh, now a million dollars in helping keep his message going, help him reach out grassroots to those within certain states, uh, those within its state. You also have the situation in Alaska where McConnell is, is uh, funding... Um, and I don't know why it's uh, Lisa Murkowski um, also McConnell dropped talked about before dropped uh, masters and so you're seeing a divide within the Republican Party of the leadership and then there's the story we talked about uh, briefly last week on our noon prayer on Friday about how you have certain Republicans meeting on an island outside of Georgia where they're deciding who will run the country with a group called the American Enterprise Institute and Biden-appointed officials. So there is something to say about the fact that um, Bolduc is, is standing up to McConnell and other Republicans are standing up to McConnell. I'm not saying that everyone who's standing up to McConnell is, is, has the right agenda and is the right person to, to stand behind in the days ahead, but I think the reality is is this country needs clarity on who its leader should be. And when we go back in Hebrews 13 and we 
we see in, in, in verse 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Now, the question is, is are those leaders... And obviously, this is a spiritual context, but you could apply this to a political context and ask the question, well, are they really giving account to their to everyone's souls, which they're questioning of that, but if they're put in leadership over us, going back to Romans 13, and they're meant to give an account before the Lord is at the end of the day is those who are in leadership will have to give an account to the Lord and, and ask themselves is are they leading according to the way the Lord would want them to lead and so with all that being said is I know it's a lot well, we have a lot going on this week continue to pray specifically for for Israel and their elections today uh, as we'll we'll see what happens and hopefully righteous leadership can can arise there and the people can vote for people who are going to strengthen the land in accordance to the Lord's will for that nation and not continue to make deals like we're just made with the, the Lebanese maritime deal um, and give up rights in, in such a time of national security for Israel and stand up to um, attacks from the UN to try to deplete the nuclear weaponry arsenal uh, for israel uh, because if they're going to do that to israel what's what's to say they're going to try to do that next to the united states so you're seeing what's going on with russia with iran and so um, a lot of things coming forward as we we enter this final stretch of the midterm so blessings um thank you children for following along don't forget we have our noon prayer at christian center shreveport for those who um, are able to make it if not we're online as well and i will see you guys tomorrow have a good one